0: I had the opportunity as a kid to raise sheep. Uh, how many of y'all raise sheep? Anybody raise sheep? Okay, a few of you. That's cool. Uh, we had Suffolk sheep, and uh, and so um, it was always my one of my chores to feed the sheep. Uh, and uh, we had, we had uh, lots of sheep, and they needed to be fed, and so every, every day that was one of my, my chores was to go out and feed the sheep. There was one rule that when we were feeding the sheep that we had to pay very close attention to, and it was to make sure that Rambo was not loose. All right, you're like, who's Rambo? Uh, Rambo was a, a, no, I'm just kidding. Rambo is a ram so this is kind of dating me, uh, but Rambo was a ram who liked to ram you if you were in the pen with his ewes. You know what I'm saying? And so he uh, he he was huge. Uh, I I'm like talking like like Saint Bernard big. Uh, I mean just bigger than that. Uh, and he was strong. And uh, and I just asked. Well, you can't ask my dad. But one time my dad uh, got hit by him and 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 drove right through a fence. Uh, it was a wood fence, and they just annihilated the fence. And uh, so that tells you a little bit of something about Rambo. Um, well, Rambo was supposed to have been locked up. I got into the pen and was feeding the sheep, and uh, all of a sudden behind me, just a little ways away, I started to hear something that I thought, oh, no. Uh, oh, no. Turn around, and Rambo is right there coming out of the stall and I'm outside feeding the sheep. And I thought to myself, I am dead. I'm dead. I'm toast. This 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 thing is going to kill me. I'm going to die by sheep. That's not that's not right. That is not right. And and so I was I'm standing there freaking out, didn't know what to do, frozen in fear. Rambo starts coming and I don't mean like gingerly walking toward me, like, oh, I'm gonna go up and you know, pet this guy He's like a dog, you know. You know, he 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 is coming at me. Y'all ever heard of mutton busting? You ever heard of that? Well, mutton busting is exactly what my dad ended up doing. He busted that mutton. <laughs> uh, let's just say that. And I, thank God, I was standing there in fear, no idea that my dad was watching, and uh, and he came flying over the fence. <laughs> and he tackled Rambo to the ground, and, and I got out of there, and, uh, and somehow my dad got out of there, and, uh, and we lived, um, and, uh, and I, I praise God for my dad, um, but, but I, that was trouble. Trouble was right there, and I had no idea what to do. That's true in life, isn't it? I mean, we're going through life. I'm, most of you, you, you know, you do your everyday thing. You, you go through life and you got all this stuff going on. you got plans that you've made and whatever. And, and then all of a sudden, trouble comes. Trouble, a lot of times, comes out of, like, nowhere. And, and, and sometimes that trouble is, is something that just comes out of nowhere. We don't, we don't even see it coming. So, sometimes we do see the trouble coming. So sometimes the, the trouble is the, is the outpouring or, the, or the, basically the, what, what is the result of choices that, that I have made and I've put myself into trouble. So, sometimes trouble is something that someone else has brought into my life as a result of their choice, as a result of what they're doing. And that trouble comes into my life. And sometimes there's other things that cause trouble. But what do we do? What do we do when trouble comes and we, and we can't see a way out? What, what do we do when we don't know what is going to happen? What do we do when, when we begin to panic, when we begin to worry and we begin to let those things take hold in our life. What, what happens when the, the questions come God, why? God, why? Why would you lead me here? Why would you allow this to happen? God, why? Hey, have you been there? Hey, have you been there? If you have not been there, here's a reality you need to come to grips with. You will be. It's not a matter of of if, it is a matter of when. When trouble is going to come. Jesus even said, In this life, you will have trouble. You will have trouble. He says, Take heart, I've overcome. Take heart, I've overcome. And and here's here's what we need to understand. As we look at what is going on in our world today, we need to understand trouble is coming. Trouble is coming. And it's gonna get worse before it gets better. And what we need to understand is what do we do? What do we do? I, I wanna give you two verses to memorize. Would you please memorize these over the course of the next several weeks? Psalm 46, verse one. Psalm 46, verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, check this out, an ever-present help in trouble. Isn't that awesome? God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. And then Luke 18, Luke 18, verse 27, Jesus said, what is impossible with man Is possible with God. He is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. What is impossible with us is possible with God. There's two words of a truth that I want you to grab hold of, and it's this God can. God can. God can. You need to hold on to that. Please, I encourage you, implore you, please memorize these verses. Scripture memory is, is one of the greatest weapons that we have against, this, against Satan, against the forces of darkness, against our uh, misunderstandings, against our uh, emotions that betray us, our, our thinking that betrays us, uh, our, our feelings that betray us. The word of God is a rock, is a place in which we can know and we can allow it to sink into our hearts. And the beauty of it is that God, in the exact right moment, brings these verses to mind. And so if you would, memorize those and remember, God can. There may be some of you that are like, well, that's easy for you to say. It's easy for you to say, you're not where I am. You're not going through what I'm going through. You're not feeling what I'm feeling. You're not facing what I'm facing. You're right. You're right, I'm not. I'm not. What I believe God's word is clear is that he is with you. An ever-present help in trouble. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will walk with you even through the valley of the shadow of death. God is near. The Bible tells us that. So you're right, I'm not, but God is. And here's the thing, here's the ultimate question. Am I willing to follow him in the journey? Am I willing to follow him in the journey or am I going to fight against him? It's either that, either you're going to be willing to follow him in the journey, or you're gonna do everything you can to fight against him in the journey. And you have to come to the reality of your own decision in that. I cannot make that for you. Nobody else can make that for you. You must make that for you, and you will. Are you willing to follow him in the journey, or will you fight God as well? Over the next several weeks, we're gonna be looking at this very thing How to follow him on the journey of life by looking at God's people as he led them to and through the Red Sea. The Red Sea. And so, if you have your Bibles, turn to Exodus chapter 13. Exodus chapter 13. Questions that we need to ask ourselves is what can we learn? What can we apply to our lives? How can we draw closer to God? That's always, my desire for you is is that as we speak, as we share the word of God with you, is how can I apply this to my life? How how can I learn from God? What, What is it that I need to do in order to draw near to God, realizing that he wants to draw near to me? And so in Exodus 13, we pick up the story of God's people, the Israelites, who have been in Egypt. They have been in Egypt because back many years ago before this... Joseph had gone into Egypt and, and as a result of famine and a result of God leading Joseph in his life through some extreme trouble in his own life, God had brought him to a place in Egypt where he was in a high position and was able to provide and able to plan and able to help many, many people. And the beauty of that is that God used that to move the, the God's people to Egypt where God took care of them and, and where God watched over them and continued to even though trouble would come. Joseph dies, a new Pharaoh is put into place. This Pharaoh didn't know about the past and he was evil in the sight of God and he, instead of caring for the people of God, enslaved the people of God. And for many, many years, they were slaves in Egypt. God hears the cries of his people. God hears the cries of his people and he calls and he equips Moses. Again, y'all, I'm just giving you some highlights. Like, I'm skipping over a whole lot here. You want to go back and reread it. End of Genesis, beginning of Exodus. Read the story. I would encourage you to do it. We're not going to read all of it. I'm just giving you the highlights. God has called and equipped Moses to go to the Pharaoh and demand that he let God's people go. And so that's what he does. Not... Not willingly at first, by the way. Pretty reluctant. He, by the way, was fighting God. Instead of following God faithfully in the journey, Moses decided to fight a little bit against God. Can I just tell you, if you're going to do that, that's fine, I get it, I did it. But, good luck. Okay, I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. Um, and the beauty is, is when God finally wins in your life, it's a beautiful thing. It really is. It's awesome. Um, and, uh, but, but go ahead. It's okay. If you need to fight God, that's your choice. Go ahead and do it. Um, just know that we just sang about it. Uh, God's bigger than you. Okay. Love you. Okay. So, God reveals his power, right? Through the plagues. Plagues that are brought on Egypt. Egypt. And as a result, Pharaoh releases the Israelites. And God used Moses to lead them. To lead them. And so they're leaving Egypt. God is leading them. Exodus chapter 13, verse 17. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near, For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you. You shall carry up my bones with you from here. And they moved on from Saccoth and encamped at Etham, on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud. Think about that. It would be like a tornado, except not doing any damage. Tornado leading them. Pillar of cloud in the day to lead them along the way, and by night a pillar of fire. Wow, that would have been something to see, huh? To give them light that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night, did not depart. From before the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the people of Israel to turn back and encamp in front of Peharoth. I guess is how you say that. My Hebrew is not real good. Between Migdal and the sea, in front of Baal Shephon, you shall encamp facing it by the sea. What sea? The Red Sea. God has led them. Out of Egypt, God is leading them in very specific ways. And we just read about that in the end of chapter 13, the beginning of 14. Some very specific places, some very specific turns, some very specific places to stay away from and others to go into. God is leading them every step of the way. And he gives to them a very specific path, and we see that. And so rule number one, that, that as we think about these Red Sea rules, and really they're, again, rules may be too hard of a, a word, but, but it, it is something that if we would apply to our life and realize in our life, God can use to transform our life. And so rule number one is realize God means for you to be where you are. God means for you to be where you are. Uh, Another way of saying it, and you can put this in parentheses, is he sets the stage in your life. He, He is all about setting the stage in your life to transform your life. And I don't know about you, but I know for me, in my life, that's taken some hard things in order to get my attention because as a human being, and I'm part German, I guess, is what I've been told, and so I guess being part German means I'm hard-headed. Uh, that's, that's what, the, the, I suppose that's what that means. Uh, that's what I've, I've always been told. So uh, I'm a little bit hard-headed, um, and I have to learn, Toby Mac talks about this in one of his songs, learning the hard way. Is there anybody else in here that has to learn the hard way? Y'all should be raising your hand because every single one of us are stubborn in our own way. Now, don't y'all go looking at the person next to you and doing this stuff. Don't be doing that. Draw the circle around yourself and, and just say, you know what, I'm a real stubborn person. Just be honest about it. Your wife, your husband will probably be really glad you did. But anyway, have to learn the hard way. So God sets the stage in our lives. Realize God means for you to be where you are. Some of you are like, say, what? Are you kidding me? God wants me to be in this. That's not what I'm saying. God means for you to be there. God is allowing you to be there. God has maybe led you to be there to set the stage to do something incredible, something amazing, something that only God can do in your life. So as you walk away from whatever it is that you're in, you can recognize God is the one at work in my life. God is the one that gets the praise in my life. God is the one that gets the glory in my life. I don't deserve any of it. It's not about me. It's all about him. God sets the stage. Realize God means for you to be where you are. Is it possible that your whole perspective on your life needs to change? Think about Joseph. If you go back to Genesis and you read about Joseph, Joseph is out tending sheep. I just thought about that. I didn't even think about that connection when I said the sheep story earlier. Sorry about that. He's out tending sheep, right? His brothers come. They end up selling him as a slave. And he gets taken to be a slave in someone's home. Can you imagine being Joseph? He, it sounds like, I believe Joseph was around 15, 16 years of age at that time. Can you imagine in his life what he's thinking at that time? Maybe, why God? Why would the people that are supposed to love me the most do this to me? Why, why God would you let my brothers sell me into slavery? Flash forward in his life. His brothers are standing before him. They don't even realize that it's him. And he says to them after some some time of of talking with them and whatever he says to them as they find out it's Joseph. He says to them, don't be afraid. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. Tell me that Joseph's perspective did not change along the journey of his life. His, His perspective changed. No doubt in my mind of that. And maybe for you, your perspective needs to change. Is it possible that in the place that God wants to show you, in this place that you're at, God wants to show you something about himself, teach you something that you desperately need to know, or call you to something that only he can do in and through your life? Yesterday, our kids are on their way back. Daisha and Jesse are driving. They're on their way back. Jesse's vehicle breaks down. And I get a call. What do we do? We start calling, and uh, God worked it out. And you guys see, maybe when you drove in, you saw a van and a bus, or a, a van and a trailer out there that says Toma Baptist Church on it. They were in Toma, Wisconsin. And Desha called, uh, and someone suggested they call Toma Baptist Church. She called. She talked to one of the associate pastors, and they were like hey we would love to help you out and so they went and they got the kids brought them all back to their fellowship hall while they were doing that two of the janitors that were there uh, they had just had VBS and they had a whole bunch of leftover food And, uh, and, and so they fed the kids and uh, in that time, they were trying to figure out what can we do to get the kids home. And I'm trying to figure out how, what are we going to do to drive up there four and a half hours to get the kids and back and whatever and all this kind of stuff. And, and, uh, and God provided that van, that, that trailer for them to bring the kids home. Guess what? And was that something that Dasha and Jesse planned that day? Was that something that the parents who were picking up their kids planned that day because they were supposed to be back at like 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon they ended up getting back at 7? Is that what they planned? No. But you know what's amazing is that that God showed up, God did an awesome work through his people, and guess who got to see that? 22 kids got to see that. Not only their kids, their families got to hear about it. Not only their families, you guys are getting to hear about it. And and the beauty of that is, is God in that moment through that trouble showed up and did a work that only he could do. Just had a VBS and just happened to have leftover food. What? No, that was not an accident. That's not dink. That's God. That's my God. That's how he works. And so the beauty of that is, is maybe you're in a place where, yes, you don't want to be, but God wants to show up and he wants to show you something, he wants to teach you something, or he's calling you to something that he can work in and through your life. God led his people right up to the Red Sea. You know what's amazing about that? Is this place that we read in verses 1 and 2, it is the deepest, widest part of the Red Sea. It's It's a valley that's surrounded by mountains. On one side of it is an opening, and on the other side of it is the Red Sea. God has told them camp here in this place by the sea. Later on, we're gonna read and find out that the Egyptians, they end up changing their mind and come after the people of God, and the people of God start to panic wouldn't you? You're camped by the Red Sea, mountains all around, and Pharaoh's entire army is coming after you. Oh, what are we going to do? Ah! Maybe not externally, but internally. You ever had that moment where you're freaking out a little bit, panicking a little? Well, guess what? Look at, I want you to turn over to verse 31 of 14. Verse 31 of 14. I'm giving you the end. Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians and the people feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Wow. There's going to be a lot that's going to happen in the next several verses and there's going to be a lot that we're going to be able to learn from that. But number one, Realize this, God means for you to be where you are. And here's something you need to understand. God who has carried you this far is not about to drop you now. God who has carried you this far is not about to drop you now. Psalm 37, verses 33 through th- or 23 through 24 The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Here it is again. God can. God can. What's impossible with us is possible with God. God is a refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. The question you need to ask yourself is, is am I willing to follow him in the journey or will I fight against him? I don't know your heart and I don't need to, God does. So earlier you asked God, God, speak to my heart. Follow-up question of that is, what is he speaking to you about? What's God saying to you right now? Can I encourage you, write that down. If you need to, get your phone out. This is what I have to do. I get my phone out and I have a notes section in my phone. I go to notes and a lot of times I do the voice to text thing. That's always a fun thing because you go back and you reread it and it's like, what was that? But anyway, I usually get the gist of my, what I needed to write down. Or maybe you just need to text somebody and say, hey, I'm in church right now. God is speaking to me. Here's what it is. I just want to share it with you. Or hey, God is speaking to me right now. Would you later, could we get together for coffee or lunch and let's talk about this? Go ahead. You can get your phone out and text in church. It's okay. Um, Go ahead and do it. And and here's the beauty. As you do that, God will cement that in your heart and he will lead you to share that with somebody this week. And so are you willing to ask him, God, help me to share this this week with somebody? So would you just close your eyes by your head? I don't know your heart. I don't need to. God does. But he loves you. He cares about you. He means for you to be where you are so that he can speak to you, so that he can set the stage of your life, so that he can transform your life, so that he can teach you or show you or call you to something. Again, I don't know what you're going through. I don't need to. God does. He's well aware of it. He knows every detail of your life, and he loves you, cares deeply for you. Are you willing to say, God, I believe you can, and I'm willing to follow you in the journey? Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you that you, God, can, and that you do, and that you will, and that you are able to do immeasurably more than we can even think or imagine. Thank you that you are a refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. God, I pray that if there's somebody here today, they don't know you, they don't have a relationship with you, I pray that right now in this moment, they would put their faith and trust in you, that they would let Jesus be king and Lord of their life, and that they would come to believe that Jesus is their savior, the one who paid the penalty for their sin, and that he wants to be in relationship with them. God, right now in this moment, would you do that? If there's somebody here that knows you, and they're fighting against you, God, would you help them to see the need to let that go and follow you? God, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thanks for what you're going to do in our lives. Thank you that you can. We love you. We give you praise in Jesus' name.